When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 116 of the Better Ed Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan here this week, joined by Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how's things? Hey, good, Ronan. Thanks a million. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween indeed. Don Kelly, how are you? Well, let's hear Ronan. And we go, what's the crack? All good, Ronan. Sitting here with G Scary Fuckers. <laughs> so this week, we'll look back on Draw the Game. We'll hear your shouts from the shed end, and we'll also look. We'll also discuss a few, I suppose, uh, keenly debated topics over the last few days and also look ahead to the final game of the season. We came this far. It's away to Shams on Friday night. So, lads, go back to last Saturday at home to Drada. Donald, uh, same old, same old. Great old Ronan. Like, nothing to report, really. It was just like a dead rubber game and... You're hoping for something to kind of get the people off the seats and uh, give them something to kind of um, cheer about, but never materialised in the evening. Um, for, I suppose, a number of different factors I'm sure we're going to get into. But uh, no, yeah, I was I was hoping for a lot more. Uh, I'd be quite honest about it. I was really hoping for a lot more. Um, there was It was a game that was... It was I, I felt myself was a game that we had to win. Uh, just... For going for development for next season and stuff like that, and you know it was just really as you said, same old, same old, just more the same, and it was really disappointing to be honest with you. And Jerry, can we just I suppose elaborate on the point really about looking ahead? Well, not really looking ahead to next season, but kind of you're hoping for something going into the game that you could maybe cling on to. And yeah, yeah, just you know, all I wanted really throughout the game was like just score a goal, just score a goal. You know, it's been that long since I've seen a goal. I just wanted even that. And had we got that, I'm sure it probably would have been enough to win the game. And as Donald was saying last week, at least give the the supporters something to feel positive about going out the gate. Um, wasn't really to be. I think we had a half chance. Uh, first half, their keeper made a decent save. But apart from that, it was just like... I've seen more exciting pre-season friendlies and it's just... Yeah, uh, the whole thing is flat, to be honest. The whole thing is flat. I don't think... I, I haven't... Like, I, I'm i always giving out to everybody. I've always given out to the lads or anything like that and, you know, say oh, when they say, oh, can we wait for this season to end? And, I, and I'd never, ever, ever say that. And I, as I said, I'd be getting on to all the boys. Don't be saying that. But at this fucking stage now, I actually do want it to be over. The whole thing is flat. The whole thing is stale. And it's just... No positivity, uh, and yeah, I think everybody's disillusioned. Now it's time for your shout from the shed end. We asked you to send them in after the nil-nil draw against Drogheda on Saturday night. 
on a WhatsApp voice note to 0859767 and we can hear those now. This is Sean from America. Um, that was a really, really poor game to watch. I mean, neither team really had anything to play for, essentially. I mean, yes, we weren't mathematically safe, but all intents and purposes, we were safe. Uh, Drahada was already safe. They got nothing to play for other than playing, you know, finishing above us, but they were always going to. Uh, I thought we were... We were okay for the majority of the game. Uh, kept a clean sheet. I mean, that was great, but we didn't offer... I mean, we were extremely woeful in the, the final third. I mean, awful. And... It's just been a really, really bad season in front of goal. I mean, really bad. I mean, take out the fact that we lost our main goal threat halfway through the season and our other main goal threat before the season started when we thought he was going to be there. You know, take all that stuff away. We didn't create enough chances. We don't have... We don't look like we're going to score a goal anytime soon. We're playing with, we have strikers on the bench and we're playing with no strikers up top. We got wingers, you know, they're, they're trying all kinds of stuff, but none of it's coming through. And frankly, I don't think we're even playing to score a goal. We're just trying not to lose, but like I said, we kept a clean sheet, got the point, now we're safe. Great. You know. There's got to be a change of some kind. Whether the board keeps John around next season, I'm... I don't really care either way. If they, if they, they get rid of him, fine. I understand it. He's had a year and a half... We haven't really progressed. We've gotten worse. The style of football at times is okay, but we never look like we're scoring any kind of goal, any kind of threat. We're always going to be at the bottom end of the table, kind of like Harps would be. We, we never really had a chance to score a goal. But if they keep them, okay. You know, I'm okay with that. So long as he's on a short leash. Very short. You know, I mean, if it's if it's just like this, by the time we get to the, you know, the ninth game, then he needs to go. But, like I said, either way, you know, if he does stick around, he needs to have a long, hard look at everything. How he uses his subs, his tactics, formations. You know, we've been sticking with his 4-2-3-1, and it ain't working. It hadn't been working for a long, long time. We looked okay when we had two up top, three at the back. 
but that didn't last very long. You know, we got our top goal scorer now sitting on the bench, has been for quite a while. He probably won't be here next year if they can get rid of him, I'm sure. But it's just been one mistake after another, compounded by injuries and suspensions and attitude and everything else. It's been a really, really bad season. They kept us up. Great. Let's see what the board, the team, the players, hell, even the fans, because the fans haven't been great either. You know, the attendances have been pretty bad, and I get it. You know, who wants to watch that crap week in and week out? But you got to back the team, back the club, get in there and support them, and uh, see what happens up the Rovers. That's your shout from the shed end. Don't forget you can get them in after Friday's game. Away to Shams on a WhatsApp voice note to 085 815 or on email to podcast at B-O-R-S-T dot I-E. We'll move on now, lads, to a bit of a few talking points. Um, I suppose one place to start, really, the only place to start, um, is the Guard of Honour, Magoo. Um, you know, Shamrock Rovers were crowned champions last Friday evening. Um, they played Cork away on Monday. Today's Tuesday, as we're recording. Um, a lot of talk about the lack of respect that Cork have shown towards Shamrock Rovers for not showing them a guard of honour. Um, we go there on Friday night. Do we give them a guard of honour? Um, I hope not. No, for lots of various uh, reasons. Uh, obviously, there's the one that everybody goes back to that uh, they didn't give us one in 2012. And like, not only did they not give us the guard of honor team, but they made it uh, so obvious that they were coming down to wreck our day. Like, their supporters did their best to wreck the ground and the surrounding grounds and try and injure supporters. And then their players showed a total lack of respect, if that's what they want to call it, to ours by not giving us the guard of honor. And um, there's also the other fact, like, as I was saying, Jerry, just before we come on there, it, I'd be more determined not to do it after hearing Bra- the way Bradley has spoke about Cork not doing it. Like, the way he's... So, as if they should be down licking their holes and stuff like that. Like, Cork had their own stuff to be worrying about and looking after. And I think their manager was 100% right that he done what was right for his club and his team and his supporters. And uh, I don't think that's weak in any way. In fact, I think it's, it's probably strong. It would be the opposite of weak, in my opinion, that he went against the grain, a young man who is new into the management game and he hit the balls to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do what's best for the club and best for the fans. And um, I hope to God that we do the same on Friday night. Um, I put up a, um, a, whatchamacallit, a poll there. When did I put it up? I think I put it up. Last night? Last night, yeah. And overnight we had, in less than 12 hours, and that was pretty much through the night, we had like 504 votes. And basically what the vote was, do we give them a guard of honour or do we not give them a guard of honour? And it was overwhelmingly 
in favour of not giving them a guard of honour. It's 81% to 19%. So basically you're talking like 400 people voted uh, not to give it and less than 100 voted in favour. Um, yeah, I don't think I've seen a poll get as many votes so quickly and so much in favour. I didn't think it'd be that much in favour of not giving it them, to be honest with you. So, I don't know. What do you think, Don? Uh, I just, I, I was reading like Dan McDonald's tweets on the whole the whole situation down below in Cork. And I suppose like it was somewhat ironic, as he pointed out himself, that uh, uh, Colin Bradley was getting onto the bus with two bottles of Moy champagne that the Cork manager had given him to congratulate him on winning the league. He was like so. He literally had the two bottles of champagne in his hands, and at the same time castigating him for not giving the guard of honor. I mean, we don't know what shams anything. They won the league. Good luck to them. Fair play to them. But no, I, I don't. I don't see why should we fucking why should we feel like we have to bow, bow down to them and uh, and and you know like like goose is on bended knee. Um, you know, all hail the mighty Shamrock Rovers. I'm sorry. No, they, do you know what I mean? Like they won the league. Good luck to them. That's it. If they think you know, they, we should all be. You know, roll out the red carpet for them, they're wrong. Um, so, no, personally, I don't think we should be giving them a guard of honour. Especially what happened with us in 2000. 2012 is a long, long time ago. It's a, it's an awful lot more difficult for us to win the league than it is for Shamrock Rovers. And for them to carry on the way they did, it led long in the memory of a lot of Sega Rovers supporters. So, no, and, and, and for and that reason alone, apart from anything else, they shouldn't be given a guard of honour, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm just going to read out a few tweets um, in response to the poll. Uh, but before I do that, um, like, you know, go, when you go back to, say, uh, the FEI Cup semi-final, the last game at Middletown back in 1987, I think the Sligo Rovers fans that day showed their class in, you know, uh, demonstrating alongside the, the Sham supporters, um, demonstrating to against the, the Kilcoins and that, and, um, you know, Hundreds of our fans went onto the pitch to join in, in solidarity with the Shamrock Rovers fans. Um, so I think we have shown our class in the past. I think uh, there's a great tweet here from uh, David McKernan where he's saying, "Please don't." I was there in 2012. We don't win. We don't win the league often. They do, and they still couldn't give. They still couldn't have the grace to honour us as champions just once. We are not insulting them, but merely reflecting back their attitude thanks um, so I think that's kind of following on from the point that you just made there Donald in that look you know it's once in a lifetime when we win the league you think the fucking one thing they would do is show a little bit of respect and you know fair dues well done and maybe reciprocate you know but sure most of their fans aren't around that long that they were a member 1987 um, or obviously not their players either but anyways um, I'll just read out one or more to one or two more. Um, so Frank the Cash, Horsley, uh, Guard of Honor is an absolute nonsense. It's a competitive sport. Why should we show any uh, difference before a match? Plus it's chance, so bollocks to them. Let's show them who the real rovers are up the bitter edge. Right. Uh, so Mark Risky, who's over in the States, uh, I'd say do it to light a fire within the players, but I'm not sure many of them care. Um. Alan Cairns, 2012, the board made choice not to acknowledge our first league in 35 years, refusing guard of honour. Fans fed off this, came to spoil the party. 
uh, put in the windows of Mooney's, randomly attacked our f- fans, players and fireworks thrown at our players, narcissists looking for a guard of honour. And I think the so Jim Gray then says not bitter, just better comes to mind. And I think we would be better if we did it. Show them what a proper classy football club looks like. Understand, understandable if we didn't though. Uh, Wild Rover, absolutely not. Respects respect works both ways. Um Declan Baskell uh, uh, agree, but we need we are a nice club now and we will probably do it. Need a bit of nastiness all over. Uh, Fionn, uh, Fionn Riley, Boris Pod mentioned it a million times this season, but we are too soft as a club, full of people pleasers that won't cut it. That won't cut it next season. So that's the majority of them. I just thought it was interesting as well from all the media reports and how they talked uh, at length about it on RTE. How they kept mentioning that the guard of honor honor was only really a new thing and. You know, it didn't happen years ago, and how, how like, you know, no kind of reference to how, well, maybe Shamrock Rovers haven't done this in the past for other clubs, such as ourselves. Like, there was none of that. It was nearly all kind of castigating Cork for not doing it, and how dare they when they're talking about the exact, when they're talking about, when the club that they're talking about that it affects actually did it themselves. Like, if that's not hypocrisy, um, or just convenient um, journalism at its best. Uh, I, I don't really know what is. But that's that's a that's a superiority complex by, and it's also it's like a groupthink by media uh, outlets on these coasts. So they're totally based on these coast, and they, there's there's certainly like the the most certainly people on these coasts have a superiority complex. That's why. According to them, they'll always refer to even when they're coming down to the showgrounds, they'll refer to us as Sligo and them as, as rovers, even though it's our home ground. You know, so like it's that's it's, it's to be expected. And do fear play to Cork because Cork don't Cork are, are I suppose they're they're obviously a bigger city, uh, but they're not dissimilar to us. They're all, they're out their own, they're out, out the west coast and uh, they call themselves the rebel army, and there's a reason why. And they say they're the real republic and good luck to them because they're not afraid to stand up. And you're like putting people's faces, and I think we should learn a, 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 a thing or two from them because at the end of the day, we get nothing from we get nothing from from Dublin, we get nothing from the media, we get nothing from the Dublin officials, we get nothing from the East Coast, only fucking pain and torture. So, Joe, I think fuck them, you know, like it, it, it and and their, and their guard of honor. Forget about it. I just you know what I mean. I just like we're second class citizens in this country, and it's about time we've found a bit of a backbone for ourselves. And just said, you know something, we're not going to be walked over or we're not going to be doormat for you or anybody else. To hell or to that, Connor. You know, you know what? You know what, like, even from our own point of view, like if, if, well, not from our point of view, but I mean, the players and the managers themselves, like they've lost so much faith from the supporters and probably respect from the supporters during the season. Like this is a good chance to get, to maybe gain some back and get some respect back and get some faith back and you know stand up and show like if you are going to be here next season be management the players whatever like that that you're not just going to lie over and roll down and fucking die anymore like you're going to stand up to to fucking anyone but like who who we're better than to do it in Tala and show you have a bit of backbone and a bit of balls like um so but does that, who here thinks that we will get them care of one or we won't we will do you think we will yeah yeah Donald? Good old Magoo. Um, I don't know. 
I think like somebody needs to read the room in terms of her own fans. Uh, like Jerry said there, I think it was like eighty uh, percent of the of of the poll out of a, out of a poll of five hundred, eighty percent of them said no. So like if that's what your fans want, no more than the the Cork City manager said the exact the exact same thing. That's what his supporters wanted. So not to give the guard of honor, so they didn't do it. Like we've had a shit season. That's there's no two ways about it. And you know like. I think people certainly need to listen to the fans because uh, are, are showing them something, show that, that that this means something to them because it's just it's hard to see it at the moment and uh, you know, it's just it's not not easy. Ronan, yourself? Yeah, yeah I think we're, I think they're going to do it. Um, to be honest, which won't be an easy watch. Just saying. The, the well, one, I tell you now. I tell you now. If if we line up. To do the guard of honor before the game, I'll turn the game off. I will not watch it. No fucking chance. That's all that there's been a shitty season. That would be the shittiest end in the shittiest season if we give them a guard of honor. I'd have told like the any respect or anything for that team of players and everything would be just gone. Forget about it. Like those, you need to read the room. It's all more important than oh oh I don't want Stephen giving out to me whatever like that. Like if you're playing for which club are you playing for? I mean, who, who, who are you playing for? What fans and what club pays you? And you need to listen. Like, it's, as Jerry said with the poll, it's pretty obvious that this is something that Rovers fans care deeply about and don't want to see happen. And we haven't had much to cling on to or shout about all season or make our views known, really. So I think when, when it's this strongly against us, I think it's all going to say they need to read the room and they need to, to take heed of what's, what's been said. And by the way, like it just in terms of RT, I'm sure RT would probably put pressure on on John Russell or whatever as well, just to give to give him the guard of honor, right? So what have RT ever done for us? Changing match times and and changing kickoff times and changing days of games and so on and so forth. Sure, they've they've run us ragged as well all season, just to facilitate them and what what their agenda, what they want to show when they want to show it. Sure, so, we'll give them something to talk about, and it'll be good TV. Fuck it. I just think, yeah, if if we were to do it, it would be like, yeah, you alluded to there, Magoo, about this, you know, which club are you playing for? Like, the supporters have such a key role in the way our club is. And if, like, if you, if you do that, then you're just going, you're going against completely what, you know, what we're completely standing for, really. So, I, I, yeah, it's a good point, actually, Ronan, because as you just mentioned there, that you know, where we are, I think what you're getting at there is that we are a fan owned club and you probably need to listen to the fans. And if over 80% of them are saying don't do it, well, we're the owners of the club, so you know, kind of that's you, should, you know, you have to take, you have to take heed of that, like you know. Just in relation to away fans, um, just a reminder that um, you can only purchase your ticket up to Thursday night. After that, um, you can't buy them. I presume that they'll be resold on to home supporters. So just, uh, just a reminder for anybody interested in traveling. And as I suppose another key talking point that emerged uh, was during and after the game against Strada on Saturday was, I suppose, the issue that... The use and the issue of of pyrotechnics, um, Jerry, like 
you know, a lot of comments on social media about it, really. Yeah. Um, I suppose just to give some context to it, and not that I suppose anybody maybe that's listening to this podcast needs it, but just to, I suppose, to, to give a bit of context. Um, so last home game of the season, uh, it was four of the Rovers, 15th uh, year anniversary. Um, and I suppose the way these groups generally celebrate things is through uh, displays, which usually contains pyro. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't know what was going to happen in the 15th minute. I didn't know it was going to really happen at all. But if I was a betting man, you know, and to read the room, to be surprised by it is a bit naive uh, from maybe the club's point of view. Um, uh, having said that, Pyro in the league has, pardon the pun, exploded um, like every game over the, and I'm not justifying it, but I'm just giving a background to it. Like if you look at any of the videos on Instagram from any of the fans, fan clubs around the league, every single game at the weekend was absolutely saturated in pyrotechnics, uh, including fireworks. Um, does it make it right? But it does seem to have become a little bit part of the culture within football. In this country, it is an attraction for younger fans. I think, um, what kind of it's, but it kind of separates us from maybe British football and aligns us more with European style kind of fans, fancy, fan, fanzine, or um, yeah. Um, in my opinion, I think Forza have been pretty good throughout the season in their non-use of pyrotechnics compared to other fan groups um, and what kind of maybe screwed it up for them was the use of fireworks that went along with it um, from what I heard the fireworks weren't used by Forza and I think the referee had just about restarted the game and someone set a firework off that almost hit a player and he called the players off the pitch um, so again I think there's a few things at play here while I'm sitting here the fireworks are going absolutely bananas outside it's like 10 fireworks a second not just every second fireworks seem to be readily available throughout the town and the country anybody can get their hands on them um, at this particular time of the year so that along with the fire or the pyro it just set a bad scene Um so I just think that the league, the FEI, need to look at the use of pyrotechnics um, throughout the league and try and come up with some sort of solution or some sort of way of dealing with it rather than just kind of maybe uh, finding clubs because at the end of the day, the clubs can only do so much. Uh, and down through the years, the FEI and the league use pyrotechnics to promote the league and now they're turning around saying you can't use them and we're going to find your club when a lot of these young lads they're not really interested they, that doesn't register with them then there needs to be a, a league-wide 
solution to this. It's not a Sligo Rovers problem. In fact, it's probably less of a Sligo Rovers problem than it is at most other clubs. And I know a lot of people are probably effing and blind to me as I talk about this, but you have to get inside the heads of the young guys as to why they why they're doing it rather than just saying you can't do it because they can't telling them they can't do it isn't working and it's league wide not just like rovers um I suppose for my my top is working it um my understanding was that the flares and the display was supposed to go up at the start of the game but there's a minute silence which wasn't anticipated and that's why the, that's why it happened 15 minutes into the game. No maybe I may be wrong with that but that that was my that was my understanding. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um so obviously it would have been better for it to start before the game. It would have been better to have the display before the game started than, than have it in the middle of the match or maybe wait till halftime. So, look, you know, I suppose people live and learn. Um, but certainly any momentum that was on happening during the game. Actually, we were in the coffee shop and sure we were, it was nearly like half time during the stop and play because it's just like people constantly coming up, uh, getting cups of tea and coffee and whatever. Anyway, that's the point. That is a part of the league and, uh, like Jerry says there, you can't bury your head in the sand and just pretend that it doesn't exist because this is what young fellas want. So I think the FEI do need to look at um, trying to integrate some form of pyro and, and like having a safe space where, where they can do the space and stuff like that because it does add to atmosphere. It does add to the, 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 the kind of buzz on the night. But I suppose I have to caveat all that with, with, with you know, like there's young families there and... Uh, you know, sometimes like with, with fireworks going off and stuff like that, like kids get, I suppose, kids get afraid. Now I know I was speaking with someone that was close to the uh, close to the Forza fans, and on good authority, it was told that it wasn't the Forza lads that threw that that firework. That that I suppose after the smoke bombs and after the flares, a firework was thrown onto the pitch, which kind of exploded into loads of different things, and that's when the referee called off and uh, uh, put the players back down the tunnel, right? There wasn't the force of fellas that done that. Um, so they can't be blamed for that. But I suppose somebody needs to police that whole section of the ground because yeah. you know, it's 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 just there's young ones up there and they're not going in to watch a game of football. They've no more interest in going in watching a game of football than the man in the moon. And they're a pure nuisance to be honest. Yeah, with you. Well, they're ruining they're, they're ruining the yeah. whole they're ruining the whole match night experience for everybody else, number one. And number two, then for the lads and Forza, those lads that are there to support Rovers and to create a good atmosphere on uh, for on the night for game football. They're tearing them. They're getting them terrible with with, uh, with the bad brush as well. But uh, just one other point to note as well that I did notice. I don't know if, if many people are on the Bitter Red Forum, but there's quite a few contributors on the Bitter Red Forum who would have been involved in the foundation of Forza 15 years ago. And they feel like the way... Boards have gone. They feel like they want to distance distance themselves from the current, I suppose, face of force now because they feel that what they, where they started and where force is now are two totally different entities, if you like. And you no, know, they they nearly feel like they don't want it to be called force anymore. That's reading some of the posts that's on that that bit of red form, which they thought was interesting as well. Um. So look. The most important thing is that like those young lads, for me, they're going to sports like Rovers. So you have to, I suppose, bring them along and bring them on the journey. You can't just say, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. We have to, I suppose, find a compromise. Or if you're saying that you can't do something, there has to be rationale as to why you're not going to do it. 
and try and find an alternative way of them uh, supporting the team in the way that they want. That's, I suppose, suitable to them. But you can't just bury your head in the sand and say you can't do that. But uh, look, I don't know, I'm just rambling on here. But it's, it's, it was just it was disappointing on the night to see what happened, uh, especially with that the, the second firework because that really kind of spanned the works. Yeah, I think just to, um, I, I think, as you said there, Donald, that, you know, there's so many young teenagers at the game sitting up the back of that stand um, or running around the car park or running around, uh, along the front of the uh, the, the pet stop stand. It's just, They're absolutely out of control. Um, like I know myself, I was the game before last, I had to let a roar out of the coffee shop at them. Um, like their antics were just embarrassed. It was it was crazy what was happening, and you know I let a roar out of them and they all went off. And I would open hold with me and you went down to the Forza or the Jinxes Avenue stand the last day. They're this, they're all the same crowd were sitting up the back of the stands. Absolutely no interest in the game, just getting in the way, just annoying everybody. I just think that part of the ground probably needs to be placed better and maybe more lines of communication open between parties. And I suppose, look, the club have to take a little bit of responsibility in terms of security as well. Um, in that it is a bit of a free for all and anybody can do anything they want. Anybody can do anything they want in the ground when they want. Um, and there's my, my opinion always that uh, prevention is better than cure because once something happens, it's very hard to, you know, make it better or undo any damage. But there's no kind of deterrent in terms of security or no kind of policing for the want of a better word. It's just the ground's very open. Kids are running wild. And that's not to take away from, like, I was very disappointed by the whole situation there the last night. Um you know, look, myself and yourself don't we don't get to see a lot of the home games because we are working, and any money we probably made there the last night um, will effectively go towards towards fines. Uh, but I think so. I think we, you know, I think collectively a solution has to be has to come, and you can't just call these young for label them all. The one thing is knackers and all this, like some of the stuff that was put up online as well, again, it's just like scandalous from keyboard warriors talking about young fellas being this, that and the other. That's not the way to go to go about it. The way to go about it is to have better lines of communication, better steward and better policing. Um, and then we, and again, from the FEI and the League of Ireland, it's a league-wide thing. It's not just here. They need to, they are actually burying their heads in the sand. What have they done um, over the last say three or four years to do anything about this that's ran some daft campaign there at the start of the season there was a huge backlash on it I can't even remember what it, specifically what it was about but they're actually they are burying their hands in the sand then they come up with a daft campaign that makes things only worse we need to get real about this and you know try and come up with solutions uh, or reasons rather than say you can't do this you can't do that that's not the way the world works anymore you know, that type of authoritarian attitude um, went out with, say, I don't know, 
old Ireland. Ireland has changed. We need to come up with solutions and communication and, and do things better. You know, we have our own responsibilities, everybody as a group, to uh, to do things better on all sides. I, I think that that ad campaign was, they, they had some uh, ad campaign for the League of Ireland and it, it had pyro in the campaign and yet they're kind of finding, finding clubs for having pyro in, in at games. It was something along those lines, I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember specifically, but yeah. just remember thinking at the time, it's nonsense. But yeah, another point as well, just again, is look, we're all there to support Sligo Rovers. Well, bar the young simplins that are running around annoying everybody, but, you know, it needs to be made an enjoyable experience for everybody and nobody should feel threatened or afraid or anything like that, you know. So I think it really needs to be looked at from a club point of view and from a league point of view. Well, um, I agree with you, Jerry. And we've like there's there's three or four there's three months there anyway at least uh, before the start of next season where like real genuine I suppose action can be taken and implemented to prevent scenes like what happened there um, happen uh, happen again next season. And I think it's important that people don't wait to the last minute uh, start looking at stuff now because it's you know what I mean. We 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 nobody wants to see repeat what happened last Saturday night. Yeah. And I think some of the Forza guys as well need to get a need to wind their necks in a little bit in terms of like they're nearly creating a they're nearly looking to create a situation where it's us versus them when that shouldn't be the case. That's you know you know in fairness the club have sat down with them several times to try and come to agreement about things and just sometimes some people just don't listen and that's not helpful either. So. Mm-hmm. We have a don't we have a fan liaison officer or something along those lines? Um yeah, yeah. So maybe that's the that's the the, the angle to take for, for next season to get someone yeah, yeah, well okay. to yeah. talk to yeah. everybody. Yeah. But that's what that's what their role is, you know. It's not for us to be ranting and raving here. Um, you know, if yeah, that's the SLO's gig. So hopefully you know, a resolution can be found and um, as, again, for daunting time from the club point of view, uh, Forza's point of view, the league's point of view, uh, you know, yeah, so look, it is what it is. Right, lads, final part of this week's show. It's uh, Shams Friday night, last game of the season. Um, Donald, I suppose, hopefully end the season with with something, uh, I, I mean, like being honest with your own, I, I what's it mean at this stage? Like, I don't know. I nearly there's part of me that'll nearly be annoyed. Does I, I? I can see fellas they're in the shop window now for next season, and I can see fellas you know like up in the intensity and and up in the effort. Uh, obviously because they're looking for a move or, or looking for a new contract or whatever, and like. That'll actually probably kill me a little bit more, being honest, because you know, because like we haven't seen it for for for, for so long. Um that that'll be really annoying. Uh I suppose the other thing as well is now that we are officially mathematically safe, like is is John going to play any of the any of the, the younger lads that have been on the fringes under nineteens? Um I know there's there's some good young lads there that have been again knocking on the door. Uh, but haven't got game time, and again, that's a big disappointment, though, from this season. Sorry to cut across. Yeah, but, but that's just, 
Yeah, I, but I just, well, I just say I, it has been Jerry, but uh, but I, I feel myself, I'd never be more disappointed if to get a game now on 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 Friday night because where were they for the last the last? Well, I always remember Shamie Kyo there. I know it was last season or the season before last, and people were shouting for Shamie Kyo to get more game time. And Liam Buckley put him on. I, I think he brought him on at half time, or sorry, he took him off at half time. He started in Mentala against uh, Shamus and they're in their palm. And it wasn't, the dogs in the street would have told you, it wasn't the time or the place to start him. And yes, uh, he did. He took him off at half time, probably killed Young for his confidence. And uh, I'd be weary that if John Russell starts any of the young lads on Friday night, that they possibly could suffer the same fate because you can be sure Tad is going to be hopping. They're going to be in party mood. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be. Uh, a tough environment for any young fella to, uh, to uh, the, 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 I think the time for the time for giving the young fella the game is past. Like, yeah, phone him in there now is like lambs into the slaughter in a bouncing tala on Friday night, getting the trophy and everything. That like, there's nothing to be gained now playing them in that game, in my opinion. Apart apart from saying, oh, we get some game time and oh, they got their they got the major debut or the you know, there's like, not nothing can be gained from us. Because if they had a great game and we played well, ah, sure, it's only Shams who were partying. And if it's the opposite, it could destroy them. Yeah. So I, I, I just like I've been crying out for the offense to get a game, but that's past now. I, I, I hope to God that they don't, unless unless they see the last five or ten minutes. But I think yeah. starting lads and uh, in the game like this would be detrimental to them. Yeah. Well, J- Jason Nocter back in two thousand and nine as well. The the opening of Tala, I think he played it right back for his made his debut. Only a kid uh, fucking destroyed him, you know. So we have past history uh, and you have to learn from your mistakes. But just to kind of go back, sorry, I, I kind of cut across you there, Donald, but ah, look, it's not, it's been a disappoint, disappointing season in a lot of ways, but it's been disappointing too in that, you know, we've had... Several young lads, really, that I think probably should have got a, a bit more of a chance. You know, uh, McElroy, um, Elding, and and young Reynolds. And I think these, yeah, uh, I think these lads should have um, got more of a twist, really. And you know, it would have been maybe one bright spark, but no, that wasn't to be either. So, like just just on on a like I suppose for Conor Reynolds, like. You have Niall Moore playing full back there. Like surely Conor Reynolds could have got more game time, um, and Niall moved into centre midfield. And uh, Owen Elding, like whether he's ready or not, he can't have done any worse than than um, than what we've seen uh, since July. I think we've scored. Is it is it four goals we scored since July? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. So one is a penalty kick. Uh, we bet juicy. I think they were. Was that two of them were, were they? I think the one was a penalty kick, it was no goal. UCD scored no goal. Uh, there's no goal in the UCD game. Uh, penalty kick, uh, with in, in Dillymount Park. Uh, it was the one that um uh, Stefan got, and then I think uh, Barlow got one as well against UCD. That's since July. That's four goals, one a penalty kick, and one no goal. Like, that's a desperate, desperate return. And you have a young oh. fellow there that's banging the goals for his under 19s. Give him a chance. And again, like no good playing them against. There's no good. There's no good playing them against uh, against Shams and Friday night. Like as Magoo said, like that's gone. 
that the window of opportunity is gone at this stage. Now. It's nearly an insult. Uh, to, it's just a box ticking exercise to play them at this stage. Yeah. So you have everybody jump. Everybody jumping on their back. Oh, I thought this fellow was great. Yeah. He didn't score Patrick and Shams. Like you know, you know what the forum's like. It'll be all over it. Yeah. But like you're saying, he he couldn't do any worse. Could he? And he probably couldn't have done any more either. Than score twenty five goals or whatever for the nineteens. But I was like getting some sort of run out then in the first team. Like surely you're thinking that's your your breeding ground. And if you're if you're if you're doing your stuff at that level, and you get up into the squad, that you'll be given a chance. So. Mm. It's also for the future, not just for now. We need to be, you need to be looking at the future, thinking we have to show lads that there's a pathway. Yeah. And and it's it, you know, if you come to Rovers, there's a pathway up into the into the first team. They will, if you're if you're doing your stuff at underage, whatever like that, they will give you your chance if it's deserved. And as you say, if we're only scoring four goals since July, like it, it just it makes you wonder how we couldn't get it and what. Like, look, I'm not saying. We know any more than John or whatever like that, but it's just it it, it looks from the outside like it, it it's mind boggling to me anyway how we couldn't have got some sort of a run out. Well, when you talk about success, lads, do you know, um, what is success? Is success, uh, I suppose, success can be different things to different people and different things to different clubs. Like, if you support. Liverpool or say Shamrock Rovers, you expect to be winning week in, week out. You know, if if Liverpool or Man United lose three or four games, it's a fucking disaster. If we lose three or four games, yeah, it's disappointing. If we win games, we enjoy that. And, you know, we probably enjoy a win more than say Shamrock Rovers enjoy a win. Just, you know, when you, when you compare, say, us winning the league in 2012 to them winning three and a half in a row or whatever the case may be. But yeah, but success for me as well is that you are bringing through young players and that's maybe a success or a highlight to celebrate. But we haven't even had that this season, really. And I haven't seen the fan base as low or disillusioned or nothing to celebrate. We didn't even have a goal to celebrate the last night. It's just, it's, and that's, like, in fairness, we've been, I think we've been very honest and very balanced throughout the whole season. And I think we are again tonight. But they are, they're the facts. You know, uh, we've had nothing to celebrate. You know, we haven't had anything to celebrate. There's not one thing, that's, that's, that's the honest truth of it. There's not one thing. That you can pick out, and I know we've been really unlucky and so on and so forth, and we've had more than our fair share of bad decisions and injuries and so on and so forth. Yeah. Now, one thing this season that you can pick out and say, throw something, that's one positive. And I think, like, actually, if Saturday night was nearly, it was nearly the perfect synopsis of, of our, our season as a whole. Barris conceding a fucking ridiculous, uh, ridiculous goal. If we if we if we can see the ridiculous goal and with it in eighty five minutes ago, I think that would have really put the ice on the cake. But other than that, I think the whole thing was just really kind of summed up the season person on Saturday night. It was just oh, I don't know. Yeah, so there's not one thing that I can take from this season say to be and be positive about, and that's it's you know it's it's it, that is really disappointing. I have to say. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Ron. Cheers, Donald. Cheers, lads. Ah, cheers, McGill. Cheers, boys. No guard of honour. No to a guard of honour. I was proud. I went out and won. Best town in the world. 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 Best town in the world.
More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. One, one. It's brilliant. 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 Here comes Blakeney. this 